I love these hymns that also serve as a prayer, and I'd like to use a few lines as we ask God to speak into our hearts and mature our faith this morning. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness, that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes for your glory. Amen. In your worship folder, there's a half sheet that provides some message notes to follow along with today's message and perhaps take a thought or two home with you. Has someone asked you recently, when are you going to grow up? If someone has, perhaps it's after you've done something silly or what someone might determine is childish. Maybe you thought it was funny, a joke. Words that you said, actions that you did. It's kind of interesting. In our society, there are different norms of what it means to grow up. When you're little and just came out of the womb, perhaps your parents at times said, well, when are you going to grow up because they were tired of changing your diaper, feeding you the bottle, or that sort of thing. But it was kind of expected that that's what you needed. And I get there are medical exceptions along the way, but if at like age 10, you're still asking for your food in a bottle and needing a diaper change and you don't have any issues, that would be weird. And maybe if you go on YouTube, there's a, there's a video that says if, if we could, as adults, act like we're two, and what's acceptable behavior at the age of two, and then you put it in the person of a 32-year-old, it's weird. Funny, but weird. <laughs> Because it's not what we expect at that age. There's a process, isn't there, physically growing up. Educators and, and brain researchers have studied how the brain matures and the things that we process and how we process, process them at, at different ages. What I want to allow God to speak into our hearts today is spiritual maturity. Because a lot of our physical, emotional maturity, it, we, we, it happens by, I don't want to say chance, but we don't really look at it and say, okay, we're growing up. It happens as we're nurtured, we're given food, we provide some exercise, engage in exercise, our minds develop as we have experiences, as we learn things. Yes, students, as you go back to school this week, but the thing is, with some of those things, we can measure them, right? You, you take your child in and they have this average percentile of how tall and how heavy they should be and the charts were never big enough for me, but that's okay. But there's, this, there's this norm, right, that says we, here's where we expect your child based on all the averages of those we studied. And just because you're above average, below average really doesn't say a whole lot. It just says 
that's where you fit in this continuum or emotionally. Or as students, you have tests and at the end of the year you have this star test and are you below grade, at grade, above grade, are you promoted, demoted, stay the same. There's these measures that we as a society put on growing up and maturing and education and all those things that tell us to some degree, are we progressing in whatever framework sociologists, teachers, medical professionals have put in this growing up continuum. But what about spiritually? How do we measure that? Well, I'm glad you asked because I have a test. I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to hand out a test. There's, I've oftentimes thought that'd be kind of fun to just kind of see what we know biblically, what we know, how do we process emotions, how do we interact with others. Is there a continuum of spiritual growth that we could measure? Perhaps not as accurately as we'd like, but it's interesting in the Scripture, it uses terms like infant and adults or immature and mature. And I want to share verses from Ephesians chapter 4. And wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, I, I want to celebrate that. And however God has brought you there, whether you're just starting again or whether you've been part of this spiritual journey and connected to Christ for a long time, it's okay. I heard a speaker that I love reading his books. His name is John Maxwell, and, and he was at a conference um, that my wife and I had a chance to attend this week, a global leadership summit, and he said of his 96-year-old dad, his dad said to him, and John Maxwell's 71, his dad said, my best years are ahead of me. And I love that spirit, I love that attitude, and I'd like to apply it in our spiritual growth. Whether you've been connected to Christ for decades or just a few hours or a few days or a few weeks or a few months, it's okay. Let's be encouraged to grow up. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 16 The Apostle Paul, we, we looked at last week that unity that the Apostle Paul says, even though we have differences in who, in, in who we are, abilities, etc., there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. There's a unity in the church because we're focused on Christ and His love and His grace and His forgiveness. And then he says, as in, he continues in chapter 4, to help us understand what God has put together to allow us to grow up into that unity, to mature as His people, and the importance of growing up and maturing is his people. And that's starting at verse 11. It was Christ who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, even the body of Christ, God wants to be strengthened and, and to grow up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. 
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I'm going to give you a three, two, one this morning. Three insights into what a maturing Christian looks like. Two key ways that a Christian matures in one key reason why we want to mature. Three insights. What does a maturing Christian look like? From this portion of Scripture, we can look at others. There's other parts of Scripture that that help us. I'm going to refer to a few of them along the way. But first of all, a maturing Christian takes time to know Christ. The Apostle Paul says, we're going to grow up, and God has surrounded us. I'm going to come back to this. God has surrounded us with different people, with different gifts, to help us grow up and help us to mature until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And it makes sense, right? If I'm going to grow up spiritually, I have to know the one that I'm growing up in, that I'm growing up and, and, and reflecting, the, grow, the one I'm growing up and believing in. The Apostle Peter, in his letter at the end of 2 Peter, said, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. You know, one of the great things, like I said, wherever we're at in our spiritual journey, it starts somewhere. Being an infant isn't bad. We love infants, right? they're, They're cute and they're cuddly. And maybe we look back and say, I wish my kids stayed an infant. Being an infant isn't bad. Staying an infant for a lifetime is not so good. So again, wherever we're at, that's okay. And an infant, you think of, knows some of the basics. Where does food come from? When I'm hungry, etc. Spiritually, an infant knows their salvation rests in Christ. Spiritually, they know their sins are forgiven because Jesus lived a perfect life, took their guilt and punishment to the cross, and rose again to assure them that that is true and that is yours and that, is, that victory is certain. And if that's all we know about Christ, that's a saving faith. But the Apostle Paul says, I, I, want, you to, I want you to mature, I want you to have more, I want you to grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is and what He's done. And he The Spirit left four books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that teach us about Christ. He left us the whole Old Testament that that points forward to the work of Christ. And He he left us the the rest of the New Testament, Acts and the, the letters of Paul and the other apostles, to help us gain insight into the significance of the work of Christ. He says, I want you to know these things. Be aware of them. Understand them. And the great thing is, there's always more to know. And I don't have to feel bad about what I don't know. I want to encourage you to find out what you don't know and to know more about who Christ is and what He's done and the impact in your life. Why? The second point or the second insight into what a maturing Christian uh, looks like is a maturing Christian takes an identity, takes an identity in Christ The Apostle Paul says, I want you to become mature, attaining to the full measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
the idea, there's kind of two ideas, and we talked about one of them a couple weeks ago when we talked about um, how, we, how we pour out our faith, and we can either pour it out and be emptied of Christ, or we can allow the reality of who Christ is to keep pouring in and keep us filled up so that we pour out. And the idea there is staying full of who Christ is and what He's done, that that becomes what fills us. And it moves the other thoughts, the other ideas that are bound to our sinful nature, that are selfish-oriented, and it fills us with the love and grace and mercy of Christ. He says, I want you to attain that fullness in Christ. Another idea is an idea of of completeness, that who, who Christ is, the Apostle Paul says, I want you to mature, to grasp, and to understand, and to take to heart, and to fill so that in some ways, in a full way, you become a Christ to others. Not that you can save another person, not that you can do the work that Jesus on the cross, don't get me wrong, but that you become complete in your heart, in your attitude, in your love for God, in your strength, in your mind, and what you do reflects all that Christ is and what He has done for you. The Apostle Paul in another of his letters, in Galatians chapter 2, he says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, this becomes who I am. You see, an infant, they, they know mom's voice. They'll get to know dad's voice. But as they grow up, they begin to take an identity, yes, that's unique to them, but also, in a very real way, reflects the family they're part of. And so as we grow up, as we mature, Paul's prayer is that we more and more reflect who Christ is and the family that we're part of. And we begin to see ourselves, I, my sinful nature, have died, been crucified with Christ. He paid for it on the cross, and what is living inside of me is Christ. And I begin to realize that I too am a redeemed, gifted child of God. I am loved. I'm forgiven. And I don't let the messages of the world around me begin to identify me, right? I don't identify like whether I'm a success or a failure. I'm forgiven in Christ. I don't define who I am by how many Facebook likes or Instagram followers I have or those type of things, how many people connect to me. I identify because I'm connected to Christ. And even if some of the verbiage that fills my ears is negative and perhaps tears me down and the peers in my classes or whatever don't build me up, etc., I don't take my identity from the voices of the people around me. I take my identity from the voice that comes from the cross and says, I love you. You're my child. A maturing Christian takes on the identity their identity in Christ. Third, a maturing Christian takes their lead from Christ. A maturing Christian takes their lead from Christ. The Apostle Paul says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, in our culture and a society, growing up means a level of independence. If a person is still living in their parents' basement at age 52, and they have no good reason for doing that, we say, well, it's time to be independent. It's time to get on your own. 
Maybe some parents are like counting the clock down to 18 and like, it's time to be on your own. Independence is something we celebrate in our American culture. But maturing as a Christian isn't doing our own thing, but it is more and more following the leadership and the headship of Christ. You're beginning to see a theme here, right? Know Christ, find my identity in Christ, and be led by Christ are all marks of what a maturing Christian looks like. Is that ever complete? No, because we're still going to struggle with our sinful nature that wants to tear us away from that and become independent of that and to do our own thing and to think our own ways and to create our own self-identity and who we are and what our accomplishments have been. And the Apostle Paul keeps us coming back and says, I want you to be growing up in your faith. I want you to become mature, knowing Christ, finding your identity in Christ, and being led by Christ. So let me just pause here and give you a chance in your mind to, to, to think for a moment. How is this happening in your life? Or maybe there's one of these areas that says, you know what, I want to know more about Christ. And at the end of this message, I'm going to come back to th- th- this type of question and say, take one thing from today's message a new activity or a new habit or re- going back to a habit that maybe has drifted off and, and, and say, I'm going to engage in this because I know that through it, I will continue to grow up in my faith. I will continue to mature in my faith. So those three things, the Lord suggests, this is what a maturing Christian looks like. So how does that happen? Right, as parents, we look back at our kids and say, well, when did you grow up, right? Because it, 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 from our perspective, it goes by really fast. And the kid's perspective is, well, you know, I want to I grow up faster. And sometimes you look back and say, well, how did this happen? Because it, it happens gradually, doesn't it? Your emotions develop, your physique develops, your mind develops. As you have these little touch points, with food, with exercise, with learning, with other people. And as a Christian, it's not like say, okay, I am going to mature today. And in the course of 24 hours, you can go from infancy to maturity and say, good, I am done, I'm complete, I have matured, I have arrived. Those three things I just mentioned, you can grow in knowledge throughout your lifetime. You can build your identity in Christ throughout a lifetime. You can be led by Christ throughout a lifetime. There's no end game until we get to heaven. So what are the little deposits that God wants us to connect with that God's Spirit uses to grow and mature our heart and our faith and our walk with Him? I'm going to give you two, two key ones. To mature, we must take time in the word of truth. The Apostle Paul says, instead of speaking the truth in love, we'll grow up into him who is the head. The truth is found in the pages and words of Scripture. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, my words are truth. And so these little deposits that speak into our hearts, and as Jesus encouraged us in our gospel lesson, don't just hear them, but put them into practice. See how they work. 
See how this truth plays out in your life and you realize that how I perceive other people, how I interact with other people begins to change, how I think about the world begins to change because the truth works in us and the truth sets us free to follow Christ and to understand His ways and His works and His perspective and what love looks like and what grace looks like. And little by little, as we take in His Word and put it into practice, we look back and say, I think about things differently now. I used to react in a not-so-healthy way. But now God has taught me to react in this way. In the relationships that I had, they used to be very strained. But what God has taught me is how to show love even when I don't feel like it. Those are just a few examples of how God's Word and just little nuggets of truth, as we allow them to be planted deep within us, they become part of who we are because we're growing up in our identity in Christ. Those little deposits in the Word of God and the Word of truth, whether they're personally in your Bible, uh, Bible reading at home or your Bible app or just little droplets that God drops from other people sharing a, a message of truth from His Word with you, or on a Sunday morning like we're doing now or in a Bible study or in a group, these are little droplets that God is putting and planting deep within your heart. The, the passage I put uh, on your message notes, Hebrews chapter 5, I find this an interesting little snippet of Scripture. He says, we have much to say about this, the other teaching that he's bringing up in Hebrews, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. So this isn't being targeted if you're just brand new and, and starting your Christian journey. This isn't targeted to you. This is targeted to people like me and others who have been part of the word of truth for a long period of time. And I hear this and God says, grow up. I want you to know things. I want you to understand things because there are people that need you to teach it to them. And I wish I could turn you loose to teach, you, teach other people. But we've got to go back and review the elementary things. In the periods in our life, that's okay. We, we need to review those elementary things. But I just want to challenge those of you that have been part of the Christian faith and been in the word of truth for a while, perhaps the part of growing up is now being challenged to take what God has taught you and teach it to someone else. Whether that's in a personal conversation, whether that's in a formal setting, my guess is a lot of you here this morning know enough about Christ and have found your identity in Christ to the point that you can help someone else know Christ and find their identity in Christ and find the blessing of following the leadership and headship of Christ. Take time in God's Word. The second thing, to mature in our, in, in our faith, we must participate in the body of Christ. We must participate in the body of Christ. God designed His body to be a group of people. We can study the Word, we can learn about Jesus on our own. But part of growing up and seeing that Word of God put into practice is interacting with one another. And part of the blessing of being part of the body of Christ, as the Apostle Paul says, God gives gifts to His church. He gives people to help you grow in your faith, to help you mature. And if you're missing out on that and you're not regularly connected to it, you're missing out on a 
tremendous opportunity to grow in your faith and to mature as a Christian, both in learning from others and practicing your faith on others. Because ideally, this is a safe zone where we can practice extending the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, serving one another, celebrating other people's gifts, welcoming others, showing, uh, showing a, a joyful heart, a joyful spirit, seeing what generosity looks like, seeing what being served and serving others is all about. And God has put his body together. And he says, I want you to grow up until you all reach unity in the faith. And this body grows up as each part does its work. So again, let me just pause here. These two things. Which one? Or perhaps a combination of both, but maybe there's just there's one that stands out and says, you know what, I need more time in God's Word. And maybe that's scheduling a little bit of time personally. Maybe it's joining one of our uh, current Bible studies Sunday morning or Wednesday. In the fall, we hope to add a few more opportunities to, to plug in with other Christians. Maybe it's being part of the body of Christ. Maybe, maybe it's this is your only interaction. You come and you leave, and that's the only interaction you have with the body of Christ, which is great, and I don't want to discourage you. I want to encourage you to keep that up. But maybe it's hanging out a little bit longer on a Sunday and talking to others. Maybe it's saying, you know what, I have gifts to do that. I have, I have time to do that. I can be part of that. Maybe it's just finding a little niche to serve in some way and experience the blessing of your faith coming out and being a blessing to others. Take time in the word of truth. Participate in the body of Christ. Now, why? Why does God encourage us in this? Because our eternity depends on it. Not because of the activity, but because of what happens if our faith stays in spiritual infancy. Did you catch what Paul said? He says, I want you to become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. You see, Satan is prowling around looking to devour the faith that God has given you. And if that's just a young faith, we know infants are vulnerable, right? We hear sad stories of them being left in the car. We, we hear bad, uh, sad stories of them getting lost. We, we hear that infants are, are challenged because they're vulnerable. And if our faith remains in infancy, we stay spiritually vulnerable, much more so than if our faith is rooted deeply in the love of Christ and the Word of Christ, and we're feeding it regularly. Then we recognize when Satan's trying to get us, you're not going to deceive me. I know the truth. And you're not going to get me to believe a lie. When we're tempted to, to start putting our trust and our confidence in our own efforts or we're trying to meld down the, the Word of God and every other religious being around us and say, no, I know with confidence that my salvation rests in Christ and Christ alone. I'm not giving that up. When the winds and waves of life's challenges blow, financially, relationally, work-wise, whatever might be blowing in your life right now, you're being to question God, are you real, do you love me, etc. And you go, no, see, you're not, this challenge is only going to strengthen my faith. So if you think you're going to get me to desert my faith, you're wrong. And how does that happen when God's Spirit strengthens our faith? We no longer get blown back and forth, but we stand on the rock, and when the winds and the waves blow, 
it's okay. Let him blow. Because I know where my confidence, I know where my strength, I know where my salvation rests. Because over time, in inserting the word of God and the body of Christ around and the work of God's spirit has led me to develop an identity in Christ, to know Christ, to believe Christ, to follow his lead. Let the winds blow. Let the waves crash. It's okay. Because I have a solid foundation in Christ. So again, where are you at? Infancy isn't bad. It's an opportunity to grow. Years past infancy isn't bad. It's an opportunity to grow. So I just want to encourage you to take one thing from today's message and say, you know what? I can insert this activity, this opportunity without a whole lot of difficulty. And I know that through it, God and His Spirit will help me grow up. So let's encourage each other to keep growing until we all reach unity in the faith, in the fullness of the Son of God, and find our identity in Christ and follow His leadership. So that when the winds and waves of life blow, we're not tossed back and forth like infants, but we're solid, mature, rooted in the love of Christ. The next disciple grows up. Together, let's grow. Amen. May God's Spirit strengthen and encourage us in our faith and grow us, mature us, that we might be stronger every day in our love for Him and our walk with Him. Amen.